0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as always, when the coast of this wonderful show. So we're getting close to games. Uh, we are what? Uh, I think I'm recording this on July 10th, so we're looking at 21, 22 days till the start of the or restart of the NBA season. Um, we had been doing a lot of what-if podcasts on these Friday shows, but I decided it's time to change. We're getting some actual news, information, and whatnot about the league and what's going on. And I think the the big thing this week, and it's it's really just sort of a dumb rumor, but it's the Victor Lodipo stuff. Um, obviously, he's not playing, and there was some discussion from the fact that McMillan. Uh wasn't really told he wasn't going to play until he saw it in the media, and now there's all these rumors about, you know, uh, rife, distrust, whatever you want to call it. I think they're a little bit overblown. Um, you know, I think everybody's now trying to figure out how to trade him to what team and whatnot, and that's obviously what happens when you have a star player. I don't think it's disgruntled, but it, he ends up, you know, heading towards the last year of his contract which is what happens, right? I mean, you can see it with Giannis. You saw it with uh, people like Lillard before they signed Max Deals. I mean, every time a top— I mean, last year was Kyrie and KD. I mean, every time you have a top 20, 25 player about to hit free agency in his prime, you see rumors of, well, what, what team will he go to to pair up to make us his, his big three and whatnot? Um, and so on today's podcast, I basically wanted to break down um, the salary implications of Vic, right? There's a lot of factors in this, and obviously the top one might be money. And with the way the coronavirus has impacted the NBA salary cap, it actually— could be beneficial for Vic to sign with the Pacers. And that might be an, an incumbent advantage the Pacers have versus past years where sometimes it doesn't really matter as much. You've seen guys kind of shy away from the fifth year because, you know, $100 million versus $150 million, $150 versus $200 million is not that big of a difference. But there is a big difference now if the cap, you know, takes a huge drop. And then I wanted to kind of uh, look at some of the teams he might go to and uh, sort of explain why they could work or why they might not work because really of salary cap issues. As always, today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. They are a wonderful uh, title sponsor. If you go to lock if you go to right now, use promo code locked on, you get $10 off your first order. Great protein bars there. And today's podcast is also brought to you by rockauto.com, a family business serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from your engine control modules and brake pads to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their. How did you hear about us? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right. So to start with, Victor Lodipo, I think we have to start with the um, easiest or uh, most obvious question. That is, how much money is he set to make as he enters free agency? So. this has a couple of factors, right? And the first one, obviously, is how well does he play next year? Um, is he back to his 2018 form? Does he play somewhere in the middle? Uh, I think if he even just averages like eighteen a game, seventeen a game, with a you know a six and five line or a six and four line, he's probably looking at a maximum contract because I think it proves that he at least up to second banana status. And a lot of these teams that he's going to are competing for him are looking for that number two guy, not sure the number one guy. A team like Miami. Even Milwaukee, I mean they can make a trade some somehow. The Lakers, right? Things like those kind of teams that maybe want a um a number two guy next to their number one guy. I'm not looking for a number one guy. So he still get a big amount of money as long as he plays, I think, at a high enough level. Now, if he comes out and he averages twenty five points a game and he is the, you know, top fifteen player he pretty much was two years ago, oh, he's gonna get I mean, a max from the Pacers, a max from everybody. And I think really, even if that 18 number per game is out there, he probably will still get a max offer from the Pacers close to one. uh, Just because that's what you do with your star players. You pay them. Like, you don't lose a guy like Vic after making a whole big deal about trading PG and rebuilding and kind of stuff. You don't lose Vic just to lose him because you don't want to pay him. Now, if he does not play very well, not at peak form, will some random team overpay him for what he's worth? Maybe. The Pacers determine he's not as good as he used to be and they don't want him anymore. But I think at that point you looking at a guy who might be traded midseason because if it you will see the writing on the wall, I think, by the trade deadline of next year. Okay, so the other factor in this one is really it's a two-fold factor, right? It's where is the salary cap going to be with coronavirus? So before the salary cap took a n- nosedive, it was heading towards $115 million next year, and probably somewhere in the 120s range for 2021, t- twenty twenty-two offseason the season Vic would sign. Um so based on that offseason, right, in the in the maximum Deals allowed. He was looking at, from the Pacers, a five-year, $211 million offer at, at a full max or from another team, four for 162. Um, plenty of teams had space to offer that, right? I mean, if the cap was at 120, like Miami would have plenty of space to offer that. I don't, you know, a couple of them could make sign trades for him. But Miami was probably the number one looking at him. They had something like $40 million in space. Well, now the cap is not going to go up that high. Um, there most likely won't be fans next year at games or if there will be very limited uh, Adam Silver said at one point that 40% of the, the league's revenue is from tickets and sales and things related to stadium stuff. Um, you know, I think there, there's a chance there could be some games, some fans that could get a higher TV push next year. I mean, there, there could be some extra revenue put in there. Um, there offer some other kind of um, virtual experience packages to kind of put fans in the game even if they're not there uh, because they can't because of coronavirus. So I kind of went conservative and said, what if the cap dropped between like 20 and 25%? What if it fell to about $88 million from this year's a uh, cap of 109. Buy, right, because the thing you're going to see is you, you won't see a huge drop this offseason. You'll see some because they, you know, lost eight games of revenue and won't have pl- all the playoff ticket ticket revenue that they originally got. So there will be a drop, but it'll be a more significant drop the next year because of all that lost ticket revenue. Right, this year, I'm guessing you're going to probably see a 10% 15% drop just because I don't think there was that much money that was left on the table because they hit all their TV TV money basically and will continue to hit most of it. But the uh, and and you know they hit four-eighths of their ticket revenue, basically. But you will see a huge drop the season after that. So, at that point, you're looking at maybe a sell cap, let's say, around $88 million. And at that point, Vic can sign with the Pacers for five years, 149, or four years, 114, with anybody else, right? That's a 30% max at that cap level. What's interesting about that right there is, right now, no matter where the cap is, no matter if the cap goes up, down, whatever way, direction, the Pacers can offer him Literally, when the season ends, a four-year, 112 million dollar contract, simply because they can offer him 120 percent times his current salary with eight percent raises over four years. So right now, the price dropped from four for 112. So that, so if the cap really, I mean, we won't know this offseason, but if if Vic or his agents are thinking that oh, the cap's going to drop by a ton, right? It's going to drop below that 20 percent number. It drops into the 80s. He can't even get a bigger contract from any other team today than he get from the Pacers right? Or in the future, they give the pictures today, right? You just can't. That's part of the problem. And that's part of the reason that there's some incentive for him to sign, really, this often the pitch went off from a max or a not max, but whatever, the, you know, the max that they can make him offer this offseason, right? They offered him four for 80 already once, he turned it down. Obviously, that was before coronavirus times. Also, it just made, I mean, that's just kind of a low deal. I mean, that's basically him taking a deal, you know, think he can't get back to his peak self. And, you know, Vic has a lot of confidence, I'm guessing. I think he can get back to his 2017-18 level if he gets, you know, a consistent 82 games under his belt, the way he hasn't gotten in the past really two years or so. But there is a very good chance, right? He looks at the landscape, says, well, the cap's going to go anyways. I want to lock in the money today, right? Lock in a 40-year to 112 deal or something close to that today. Now I have to worry about the next season. And I know he's financially secure, still making the most he could make, right? He's not, like, leaving money on the table. And ultimately, he gets to play the year out without that you know, burden of the contract, and maybe he plays really well still, and you know he regrets maybe not signing a two-year deal, right? But also that possibility too, right? He could we could see the cap go up, down, and back up, right? If coronavirus is solved, or there's a, a I don't know, if solve is the right word, but there is a a vaccine by mid 2021, um, we could see the NBA stock dip all the way back down, to lost revenue, but then spike right back up because tickets will come flooding back in like crazy once they reopen. TV revenue will probably still be up there, right? You'll see this whole. You know i don't i don't think amb's business model is going to be changed by coronavirus once it is passes us right you're going to see fans want to be in the games more because they missed it for a full year and so you would see the caps shoot right back up so you could see him possibly i think depending on what he wants to do sign like, like a like a one-in-one deal um you know the thing you have to remember this next contract is probably going to be his last contract he's 29 years old heading in or I believe 28 years old sorry heading into a 29 year old season um, he's going to be past his prime by the end of his contract or somewhere towards the back end of his prime. He's not, you know, he hasn't had this career where, like, he's not going to have like Chris Paul, you know, mid-30 renaissance. I think he's probably going to, you know, I think Vic's best years are going to come the next probably two or three, and then he'll have a solid next three or four. But he's not going to get another max deal probably in four years. Now, the cap could be so high in four years from now that it doesn't matter that, like, the contract he gets of, let's say, like a three years for 20% of the cap is actually the same as his current contract because that's possible the way the NBA South cap was just shooting straight up before. But if you look at it right now, I mean, there is there is a chance he says, okay, I play out next year, do a one-in-one, right, where he can maybe secure himself two for 50, right? So he can $50 million guaranteed, but he can pick up the option, and then he can hit free the next year, which I think the pitchers would be happy to take that deal because, one, it lets them see him for another year. They'll get some two years to see if he recovers, and then if he does, you max, you max him out. Um, and the cap will be back up anyways. So you're not worried about luxury tax issues at the time, and um, you know you're still getting two of his prime years, right? I mean, players peak between 27 and 32, and you're getting him at 28 and 29, or 29, and 30 years years old, basically. So, I could see that being a possibility. I, I don't. I mean, I think a guy like Vic, who has the injury he had, probably wants to secure as much money as possible. Um, you know, he's made a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it's not like his next contract. I mean, he's gonna take it for being... Rich to Uber Rich, I guess maybe the right word. I mean, he's already made eighty plus million dollars in his career. Like he's not hurting for money, but certainly it would you know, this is the opportunity to like make him a 200 300 million millionaire versus a hundred millionaire, right? That's what this next contract will kind of do for him. Um but so that is a possibility, you know. I think think if the cap like he he's gonna have bad timing, that's gonna be the problem, right? Instead of being one of the guys that hits for agency, one of the one of the big cap spikes, he's gonna actually hit it probably on the down end of a spike or a, a drop in the cap, which is gonna be hard, you know. I, I mean, I, I could honestly see him doing a one-in-one deal just because he wants that, to hit the, the spike again to get a max deal, but it's risky. And so I do think the most likely thing he probably does, and it would make the most sense, honestly, for money, is just sign a four-year 112 deal with the Pacers and maybe get, a, get an opt-out in there at year two or three for him. Um, or maybe some kind of... Uh, I don't know if you do an opt-out because the Pacers probably, you know, they, they have a lot of leverage, right? So maybe get an opt-out in year three, maybe do a 3 and one something like that. Other than with the Pacers, he can, he, he can get out if he thinks he can make more money, but they get him for enough years where they feel confident they can keep him if they continue to build around him, right? That's the key, right? The Pacers um, are building something here, right? I mean, you look at their, their roster, right? It's full of relatively young players, right? I mean, you add Brogdon has got the next four years, right? So if you secure Vic for the next three years, that's basically all the that's the la- last three years of Brogdon's contract, which is really kind of what you want. You want to line Brogdon, Vic up with Sabonis, Turner, and Warren, right? And so that's what you would kind of do if you got at least three more years. So it, it would make the most sense to do that because then you can kind of um, rebuild. If you decide you know in three years we can't do this, you flip it around and change whatever. But they do want it for the next two or three seasons because that's sort of their their timeline and their horizon they're building towards, right? You know, I think they're hoping that I would say probably by the 2021-2022 they have a shot at competing for the East Finals. You know, and depending on how things shake up, if, you know, somebody gets hurt or somebody leaves, you know, Giannis goes out West or whatever, there could be an opening to win the East, right? Just because Toronto might be past their point because of the age of their players. Boston will probably be, you know, one of the kings, but that, you know, there'd be an opportunity there at least, I think is what the Pacers are hopefully thinking. Um, But I think it'll be interesting to see, right? I I think if the Pacers off. We even offer him a four for 112. That's kind of the thing I'm sure to see if they'll do that in, I guess, whenever the offseason is, be, which is October, November this year. I'm not even sure when the actual league year ends. All right, I'll take one more break real fast, and then let's talk about the team Vic could go to and why. Maybe they make sense and maybe they don't. So the most obvious thing for Vic right now that makes the most sense, um, if he wants out of the Patriots, just demand a trade, right? Not a lot of teams have the cap space to afford him, but I think if they demanded a trade, teams could figure it out. Now, the— the Lakers are one of the rumored teams that obviously would want him. I don't know how they would get him in a trade. They don't have the assets. I don't actually, I mean, the cap doesn't go up either. they do not going to have the cap space. Um, you know, there's a the possibility that players decided all to all take a cut across the board, but I doubt that. I doubt they're going to do a whole subcut. I think it's going to be this really weird year where the, the players' salaries are completely imbalanced from how much money the— uh, the owners make, I guess, right? It's going to be some weird where they get like they split passport revenue completely differently. Um, but they might they might re- redraw the cap, who knows? But the Lakers are a team that would make sense, but I just don't know how they pull it off. They don't have the assets to get Vic, um, Rather, They traded all the young players for Davis, trade all their picks. Like, why would the Pacers do that? You know, they're not going to lose any free agency there, so why would they worry about that so much? The Clippers maybe be, make some sense in a, in a way. Um, another team that could make a little bit of sense. Um, in terms of free agency, obviously a lot of teams want them. Teams like Detroit, uh, Miami, I guess the Bucks would try to make a trade for him too. But I don't know how you trade in the division or whatnot. Um, right? Could you trade him from Middleton? Maybe, maybe if you're thinking that way. But the Heat are really the one to look at, um, just because they are the team that is probably the, the somewhat best best destination, and will have the space. Right. So if the cap drops significantly um, in the 2021-22 20, season, they will have about let's say it drops to 88. They'll have about 25 million in space, which gets them. Basically to that max level, just a little bit below. Page will still be offering more money. That's will be a key no matter what in this whole thing. Um, but they will have the ability to to do that, and then you, you can add him right, him with Butler and whoever else, and maybe make it work right, and especially the way you time contracts right. If you were able to, right? They have rid right, right of Dragic, rid right of e- 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 dollar already, basically. Um, so they'll have to time up cor- correctly, but they could they could make it work. I mean, they could try to make it work. Let's 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 put it that way. Um, but I I guess to me, the Miami one only makes it if he wants to play there, right? I don't think the team is that much better than the Pacers, that much built, right? They got Bam, a nice young player. They got Tyler Hero, a nice young player. Both guys will have to pay by the time they gets there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't see it as some, like, gray, greener pastures. What I do see it as is a place that is Miami. Vic lives there. Your lives there in the offseason and might want to play there. Butler will be, but by the time he, you know, by this point, Butler will be 31, 32 years old, probably even on the back end of his prime. Um, so you're, he's going to a team where, you you know— I'm not sure that team is winning a championship, but it might be a place to play, right? I think the Pacers will actually probably be a better team in two seasons, unless, you know, there might be some other move I'm not seeing where, you know, Miami goes against another superstar plus Vic, then builds a big three around them, and that's maybe where that happens. But to me, Miami makes sense in only the sense that Vic lives there. It's where he's from, where not where he's from, but where he likes, where he lives offseason, where he trains all his stuff, so he likes to be there. That's But I do think there is some connection to Indiana, right? I mean, because he, you know, the way the city embraced him when he, came off that trade the way he embraced the city i mean there is some of that now obviously he's gonna do what's best for him and his family and stuff like that but the pacers are willing to match the money and are in our and he feels like are doing a good job trying to rehab him and help him out which you know i don't know he's been doing a lot of his own rehab right and he picked his own doctor his own rehab people so he's done all his own stuff so i don't know if that's because the pacers let him do that or because he doesn't comfortable the pacers staff that's a interesting question i would have out there but um to me it seems like if the pacers can offer the same amount of money and he's kind of as embracing the as, as his kind of town there's no way for him to leave right you know, you know there's a chance though next year right if he just doesn't play very well but Miami wants to take the risk on him and the Pacers don't they just let him walk but i think again at that point I think they'll trade him at the offseason because or the midseason because they're not going to lose him for nothing right if you know you're going to lose him you just trade him because there's no point in you know keeping a dead asset basically i mean that's happened with PG right essentially i mean they they had a lot of leverage in that in that first offseason I sure they still traded him but they had a lot of leverage in that first offseason or that first trade deadline, because it you know it would have been two whole year, two whole playoff runs with the team, and a lot of teams were willing to pay for that. Then they convinced him to stay, which I think, in hindsight, would have made sense, right? PG was pretty um, swayable, right, if a team got him and kept him for two seasons, because he was one in Oklahoma, and they were able to keep him for another, an extra season or two. Um, but at that, you know, you're not, you know... You're not, not going to lose in the offseason for nothing if you know, you're not going to keep them. It doesn't make a lot of sense. You know they lost the leverage. Really, they lucked out because they made a really shrewd trade and got two players who are actually really good players, right? So don't get me wrong. They they still did a really good job with the PD trade turning around for two All Star players, but um, that's rare. I mean that's that was that's more luck and skill than actually like, you know, they could have had five first round picks in the Celtics that may have all have been top three picks in some weird way, right? They could have probably had Tatum. I think that's the way it would have worked out at least, um, or the pick that got Tatum. I guess they probably take Mark. Markel Fultz, but that's that's beside the point um I mean other teams obviously will have cap space I just of the good teams that's really the one um obviously a lot of them make some sign-in trades for him and whatnot that you could see happy out there but again I unless he could build a big three somewhere and I just don't know how to be possible with the cap's gonna drop I just don't see him leaving unless he just really really wants out which could be a possibility but I think the Pacers have a decent chance and I didn't thought that Put him together full year with the team they built around him, a better team really than one before, right? I mean, they had a good team built around it, but this time I think this team was better built, a right? better point guard, um, not a better small forward, but a guy who's uh provided, I think, actually a better compliment to Vic than Boyan did, right? Warren is can really relieve Vic of, of the, the pressure of having to be the focal point of the offense all the time. Spones is a much better player when, when Vic was at his you know his peak 2017. I think Spones is heading towards maybe you know being an 18 and Obviously this year I think he was 17 and 12, but he's looking maybe at a 20 point a game kind of player. He's really good. I mean, there's there's a real possibility. And there's, there's still a mood to be made for the Pacers if they want to trade Miles Turner. So there's an opportunity really to make to build the team around him, right? And that's what they're trying to do, right? They don't. The Pacers clearly have a goal, and that's to build around Vic to make the best team around him because they view him when he at his peak as a player who can help them win a championship. And I think. That might not be a hundred percent true, but I think he, if he's your best or second best player, you have a good shot at competing for an East championship. You know, the finals are hard to get, especially with the way teams are built with their big threes and whatnot. But um, there's a chance. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't put it past them of being able to win the East or get lucky and pull a Toronto, right? If they get, you know, another decent asset at some point or whatnot. But that's just my thoughts on it. I'm not sure, you know, what will happen. Um, hopefully, the Pacers play well in the bubble, and then we'll see. I, I do think there's a good chance that the Vicks signs the. Whatever the pitching off from hundred plus million dollar four year deal at the end before it hits the season, just because it makes the most sense for both sides. It maybe it includes a you know a fourth year option for him, so he can maybe hop back into free agency at some point and tap into some of the higher cap money. Uh, that's all for his locked on page podcast. As always, you can follow our podcast at Locked On Pacers. Meet me for Matt and Five, my co-host Tony East at T East MBA. As always, we bring you podcasts right now three days a week. We'll switch to five days a week as soon as the season starts. So look for that. That's all for his locked on Pacers podcast. And we'll see you guys again next week.